Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Game Train Podcast. This week it's all about the indies. Once again, we've got our annual indie-centric episode. So joining me for indie-centric three this year is Kyle Smith. Hello, Kyle. Hello. Oh, look at that. Here I am. Yeah, yeah I know. All right. So uh, yeah, we're talking all things indies this week, keeping the focus on that. And our review is of the indie that just came out, My Friend Pedro. Yes. So yeah. But uh, before we get into all the indie-centric stuff, let's get into that news. So news this week, we've got the Xbox Elite Controller 2 has been priced for Australian. Now, it is going to be $249.95 and is out November 4th. That's a hard pass for me. I'm not spending $250 on a controller. You know what that tells me, though, is uh, I think I'm going to buy another Elite controller. (laughs) Just the first one. But what if Xbox Next comes out and the old Xbox controllers don't work on it? You just blow on $250 on a controller that won't work with the next gen. Oh, there is just no way that'll happen. I will eat my hat. There, well, like, d- remember the 360 controllers didn't work with the Xbox One. Yeah, but there wasn't this new sort of uh, drive towards an elite controller. You know, like, mm. uh, I don't know. I, th- well, man, there man, is just no way. What I'm look, more worried about is if the Xbox, the next box comes out and its uh, its controller does something else. You know, yeah. like, just some random, I don't know what it could be. but some Or it could even come with an Xbox elite controller. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if uh, they're they're. Um, I hadn't actually thought this through, but I wonder if one of their pulls to try and get like you know this this console's the best one. If the normal controller will be the elite one, the first elite know. controller, because that could be know. pretty cool. And then like, if you want a better one, you buy the elite. You know the the second one. But what I want to you know like we haven't heard of anything, and they probably won't do it. But what if it had. I'm just trying to think of something, you know, like a screen or like an Amiibo reader or something that only comes with that console. And you're like, oh, yeah, the other control works. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't oh, have like this. Oh, like the touchpad on the PS4. Yeah, something new. And, it, and then if they still say, oh, don't worry, your new Elite controller is compatible. You're like, yeah, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have my laser face reading microphone on it. Or so, you know, whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This, this should have been announced at the same time as they revealed the new controller. For the yep. next thing. So you could clearly see as a consumer like, okay, what am I missing out on? Oh, okay, everything has the same, but this is just like better settings. Cool, I'm safe now. Yeah, that that's the thing. So yeah, it should... Uh, yeah, I, I'll be saving my $250 on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted. I really love the first Elite controller, but I have repaired it twice though. So it uh. was a bit wonky. I love... What I loved most about it, of all the features... Was how heavy it was. That's my. Yep. That was my favorite thing. And it was um, this one's a bit random too. But it was always cool to the touch, mm-hmm. just because of what it was made of. So it was never like warm or greasy or weird. So it was always heavy and cool. The features I just kind of got over real quickly. I didn't use the paddles. I did love that weird hexagonal D-pad thing. Yep. I thought that was really comfy. But to be honest, my favorite things was the weight and how it was always cool to the touch, which is nothing they really talk about and i fixed the weight issue with my controller by adding the keyboard on it mm. i really like that um but yeah i don't know if i'm not going to get it like you say but i'm 100 percent going to wait for the next gen controller first just yeah. to see what i'm getting yeah exactly all right and also in the news is sony microsoft and nintendo have written and signed a letter to the trump administration asking that consoles be exempt from incoming tariffs on China, which would massively raise hardware costs. Wow, man. This is so interesting. What I mean, all this aside and the scariness of like what that would mean for the price of hardware and whatnot, I'm just loving all these, these three consoles getting together lately, you know, and really yeah. fighting the man together. And that weird, like, that weird contract with Xbox and, I mean, Microsoft and, and Sony you know, to use Xbox's development for the cloud technology and stuff and and then Xbox and Switches. I just, 
it's such a funny opposite world to where we lived in the 90s where everyone was cutting each other's heads off in the comics. Yep. And now they're all like banding together like Blood Brothers style and like it's us against the world, yo. Yeah. And I think we'll yeah. see more of that as like uh, Stadia comes out and things like that. Yeah. I really think these three sort of, it's like the last men standing in this like flood of weird new crazy technology and they're like no we must band together keep the consoles alive Mm -hmm. yes that's right but uh yeah pretty much uh that's the news yeah wow quiet news week that one um we we should mention uh for i don't know and i'm not sure who would be listening to a gaming podcast who doesn't follow e3 but for anyone out there the reason is probably because E3 was our last episode, and news dies after that. Yeah, pretty much the reason why we're doing this centric after E3 as well, because no games generally come out around this time, so we get through all those indies, the lesser-known lesser games, etc., so yeah. Yeah. Um, have we done all our indie centrics right after E3? I think we might have. Oh, uh, I think one was delayed a month, one year. Like, I was humming and hiring when we were going to do this one, and then... I looked at everything that was coming out around this time and went, yeah, now's the time. Yeah, now is the time. Nice. All right, so uh, some other random sort of tidbits. Uh, PSN has announced their PS Plus for the month of July. And yes. Pro Evolution Soccer 19 is one of the games for those mm. soccer fans out there. At least it's 19, you know? Yeah. I'll give yeah, them that's that. True. That's true. That's so, so true. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah, but uh, all right. Do you want to roll into the games we have been playing? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, we would normally do the full art recommendation here, but there's nothing good to play for free except, uh, I guess, currently, because of what we've been doing and joints to what we've been playing, my current full art recommendation is Xbox. Oh, we should explain. That is the um, where we recommend the best game at the moment on all the subscriptions, which is Xbox Games with Gold or Game Pass or PS Plus or Nintendo Online and what our favorite uh choices but there's just nothing out at the moment xbox hasn't announced july yet nintendo's are missable playstations has pro evo uh so i guess right now our recommendation would be well mine you might agree is uh xbox game pass minecraft (laughs) yeah xbox game pass yep just uh, just if i had to pick a, a current game to play for free you know if you're on these subscriptions that's my one at the moment which uh yeah, we won't get into... I mean, this was an indie game once, right? This is a very yeah. in- interesting one. Yeah. Um, we have been playing this. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it, it is indie-centric episode, but that's my loophole is this This was the little indie that could and then next minute ruled the world. Yeah. Yep. Very true. Yeah. So we have been playing that a bit. Thank you to my brother Melvick who has been supplying us his... Uh, private server for us 11 of mm-hmm. us in a group and um it's just been so fun right we've just been sort of jumping in there unironically playing minecraft in 2019 like a bunch of grown-ass men building a little community we have a community center where we share items and we all have our private houses and yep. we venture out into the nether to you know hunt for things together and help each other with equipment and yeah, you know, I, I, haven't done, I haven't done anything like that. I just let all the sheep out of the pen. <laughs> well, of course, you have to you have to callen it for us to keep us <laughs> to make us remember that we are still playing a game. We're like, where's the you, sheep? Did you see Callen? that the other night? I, I I built a sneaky tunnel connecting to the um, sheep pen. Everyone came back from adventuring. They're like, where's all the sheep? You're the worst guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, careful. Melvick will ban you. And and I don't uh, think I'll have the power to bring you back in alone. I'll need uh, a petition. Uh. Jeez, why, why do you have to be so Kellen <laughs> about these things? I feel like I have to do something every time we play one of these games now. I know, but you're like, you're playing with fire. Like, you asked so nicely to join. And Melvick was like, yeah, okay. And then he asked even the next day, like, are you sure you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, no, I definitely do. I got, I got me some sheep to free. <laughs> I, was, I was role-playing as a vegan activist. Oh, nice. Okay, well done. Um, yeah. I'll skip over the fact that 
I have lost myself into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's oh, yeah, we're not going to mention that because indie-centric. I can't remember the last time Assassin's Creed was an indie game. It's about the least... It's about as indie as Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Um, and I guess we'll skip over Crash Team Racing, which, just mentioning it, that we have been playing it. It was fun. It's not indie. Now, Bloodstained. That's a, is that indie? Yes, yes. It so is, Bloodstained hey. Ritual of the Night came out. This is a Metro, uh, Metroidvania-style game. It was developed by Artplay and published by 505 Games. It was a kickstarted game from the original creator of the Castlevania series. Yeah. And it's a spiritual successor to the Castlevania series. Um, and it's lo- using the word spiritual very lightly. Usually when people say that, it's like, oh, this kind of seems similar. Yeah. And it's you, like... You, you could pretty much put Castlevania on the box and people would be like, yeah. Wouldn't blink an eye. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of RPG elements in this Metroidvania game. A lot of Metroidvania games don't have that, but this does. There's gear, there's different skills, uh, you get all these different powers. Every enemy's got a different power that you can take off them. Yeah. So you can mix and match what you use there. Uh, there's a big sprawling sprawling castle. Like it is huge. I think at this stage I've done about fifty percent of the game. Oh, nice. Okay, so it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty big. Yeah. 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 Um, That's cool. Now I know you didn't really enjoy the movement side of things. No, but I enjoyed almost everything else. Um, there's this thing about it that I really liked, which I couldn't put my finger on, but I kind of figured it out that to me this is a really cool game for people who have been into the side-scrolling. Um, uh, you know, there's this big boom in in, um, geez, what are those games like? Like, um, uh, oh, geez, uh, roguelikes. Sorry, there it is. It's kind of like a roguelike, but but that's not repetitive or redoing it. I just mean in the way that, like, you know, you quickly get these cool upgrades and items, but you're just keeping it all and you're continuing along. So it's like. It's just like I, I just these feelings like Dead Cells. I loved so much and how quickly that and the RPG elements in that worked. But mm-hmm. I was always quite heartbroken when I had to like restart it each time, which I know is the point of the game and it was fun. But this one is like you're getting them nearly not as quickly, but pretty quickly, and you're getting like all these powers you can mix and match and put together without this feeling of like I'm going to lose all all of this in in five minutes. Yeah. So it's like a roguelike that you get to keep playing on, which I guess is just a like a Metroidvania, but yeah. with with so many roguelikes lately, it's nice to have one where it's like, ah, oh, you mean I can just level up and keep everything and just learn my strategies depending on the way I've always been playing this game since the start? Cool, thanks. Yeah, yeah. and there's, yeah, there's leveling up systems as well. There's side quests, there's crafting, there's cooking. There's actually a lot in this game. And as I said, the the castle itself is is massive. There's a lot to it. Lots of variety of enemies as well. The like the enemy designs are very very cool. There's lots yep. of cool bosses. It's it's a really uh, I wouldn't say polish. I'd say it's a really it's a really solid game. Um, I I was playing on the Xbox, but I've heard that the Switch version's been having performance issues. But they're looking oh. into fixing that. So they if the Switch owners out there that are sitting off on it, maybe sit off a little longer until the performance issues get fixed. Yep. Damn. Mm. It is like, it looks really basic. You know, I wish the visuals were a bit more fluid. There's something about the 3D models that just look a bit dated. Uh, but it must be, I don't know, there must be some really solid 3D rendering or something going on in the background that we can't really see because it seems like it, it wouldn't be that intensive to run. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's no Ori or anything, but I wonder what it is. Maybe it's just really big or so many systems going on, but um, yeah, it was, it was cool. I just, yeah, the, the actual character design of the main character herself, I just wish was like, well, there's something, there's something sort of very basic in a non-charming way mm-hmm. that I wish was just slightly nicer, but that's just me being picky. Um, but yeah, I did. I did enjoy enjoyed the combat and all that stuff. But yeah, that moving, there's something uh, sticky. Was what I was saying about it. Like there's like yeah, a- it it gets better when you do get the double jump and you get this weird. Oh, I wouldn't call it a dash, like almost like, a teleport dash. Yeah, and that mm. that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel a bit slow at the start. But as the game goes on, it just feels a lot better. I guess, and you just get used to it and. 
and stuff like that. Yeah. There's just it's like it's barely no it's like a half a millisecond pause when you land to and you know and you continue to run and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's barely there, but you know, games like Super Mario and all that kind of stuff just come in your head, but those are legendary games that you shouldn't compare anything to, really. Yeah, well, another legendary game, The Legend of Zelda, got a, well, an interesting indie release. It is called Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah. And it is an indie rhythm roguelike game that sort of comes after the similar game in the series, Crypt of the Necromancer. This game was developed by Brace Yourselves Games, and it was actually published by Nintendo, but it's still an indie title. So in this game... It's The Legend of Zelda, but you are playing a rhythm game, which this is really hard to explain, but the the traditional music's playing, but you can only move on the beat. Wow. And you can I... only attack on the beat, and same with the enemies too. So it's like this constant dance around enemies, etc. And it's that top-down, old-school-style look to it all, uh, and you do get upgrades throughout the game, like the hook shot, et cetera, et cetera. You find heart pieces, there are dungeons. So it's got all the Zelda ingredients, but in this rhythm style game. Man, I wish I could sort of chime in here, but I didn't get a chance to jump in and try that one. It was awesome. I, I managed to finish it and I loved it. I think this game was, yeah, incredible. It was it was just fun. It was the right length wasn't overly long there's plenty of secrets to find and it was just interesting just as you go along you're counting one two three four and you're moving and then like your abilities get stronger if you can keep the dance up for longer things like this so oh so if you mess up the rhythm you slightly like you lose a like a combo is that yeah in a way in a way like there's a triforce at the bottom of the screen and gets stronger and you know you might do more damage in an attack there's all different weapons, so I actually ran with a spear a lot because it actually the game is split into squares, so there's like it's a big grid pretty much. Yep. And yep. I was using the spear because it would go across two squares, so uh. it, was, it was a bit easier to hit enemies just from that extra square away, so you didn't have to do that extra jump forward. Yeah, of course. Nice. All right, so I'm going to look out for the spear. Check. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do want to try this. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a Zelda fan and a musician, so it's like, hmm. Maybe I should be playing this. Yeah, it was it was really good fun. It was like had that old two D Zelda st- um, feel to it, but with that new mix of the music. It, it was it was great. I'd love to see um, these guys do another Crypt of the Necromancer like game, but with another series. Maybe I don't know, like a Mario or or something like that. They like you know. You mean like up- side scrolling or, or like Mario yeah. RPG almost? Uh, maybe like a side-scrolling Mario in terms of the rhythm style. That could be very interesting play on it all. I think, yeah, you know, if I've, I assume this game's going to sell quite well because it's got Zelda in it. But, um, yeah, I feel that they should look at doing others in the same sort of vein. I think they just might. Like, it seems... Although I, do, I did say that, and then, like, I was very surprised to not see a Mario vs. Rabbids sequel at E3 this year. Yeah. You know, so maybe it is just a one-off, but it's pretty... It's. I just think it's really cool that Nintendo are being so much more lax with their IPs than they used to be. Yeah. Because there are some beautiful things, and people must be just like bursting with ideas of things they want to do with, you know, the Nintendo properties, which and they're just so closed and guarded with that stuff, which, I mean, and rightly so, because their quality is just so top-notch, they don't want to just like let anyone do things with it mm-hmm. but i'm i'm very glad that they're sort of letting people but i'm also glad that they're still standing strong to that quality assurance they must have like some nintendo reps going into those places like every day going yep 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 nope cancel this whole project you know there's yep. probably like other ones that have tried or yep but but the few that we're getting it's just so nice to hear that the review isn't like well it's so sad that they got the zelda license because they've just ruined it you know like Nah, they did a, a great homage to Zelda in this, so very cool game. Um, all right, another Metroidvania indie that I played, so there's a lot of Metroidvania games going around at the moment, yeah, is called Time Spinner. So this was oh, developed yeah. by Lunar Ray Games and published by Chucklefish. Again, this is a 2D Metroidvania-style game, but this one's cool because you're actually 
playing through different time periods. So you go back in time and forward in time sort of thing, um, which changes like the levels, etc. Again, you yep. get new abilities, you get stronger throughout the game, and there are multiple endings in this one too. So you make choices towards, I guess, was the end of the game on decisions that you'll make. And then, yeah, it changes the ending for you. It's not a very long game. It's probably only about five or six hours long. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun as well. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, nice. I didn't get to get to play that one either, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I was, I was keen to try that one. But uh, it would, there's just so much, like, it, like at the moment. Like, uh, so recently I jumped into... Um, Around the same time, actually, I, I was playing Void Bastards. Oh, yes. Um, and that was just excellent fun. Jeez, I didn't even uh, look up who was sort of made this one or anything like that. I just completely forgot. Sorry. but um, It's all right. Yeah, that's, this is like a, more of a, a roguelike, uh, I guess, first-person shooter. And it's kind of like a, what would you, like a dungeon crawler, but you're in space and you, you play as a different prison guard each time you die and they just use mm-hmm. up another person because they have like this unlimited supply of of prisoners that they're sending out. And instead of dungeons, you're going out to different sort of floating or crashed or flying vessels in space, like giant space stations and yep. just going in there and raiding them and they're full of different kind of enemies and you have to use different weapons and different strategies for each type of enemy. Um, and there's a, a big handful. They'd be like, what, I... Is between five to ten types of enemies, and then their difficulty goes up the further deeper in space you get as you sort of level up stronger. And um, but what I loved about this one is everything. So you'd keep dying, and you'd get like every time you started a new person, they'd have different traits on them, which was really exciting in itself. Like some would run faster, or you know, they'd have positive traits. Uh, some would be in, unaffected by things on the floor that like zap you or make you slip over. But then sometimes mm-hmm. it'd be silly, like some would be overly short, so you can't reach some buttons, or some would cough loudly, so enemies would hear you if you were trying to sneak. Um, and that would reset every time you change a person. You could also find like DNA stations to change it. Um, but the part that you did keep was every time you, because you kind of go on this adventure to find parts and pieces to build, and you can aim for which ones you want to build, but build different pieces of armor or different weapons with special ammo and that would hold over so the idea is every time you die the uh, institution that holds you keeps all the stuff you've earned and gives it to the next person and says here you go this is what the last guy got for you uh don't mind the blood good luck on your adventure yeah and so it it was kind of like progressing even though it was a roguelike and i really love that that mix it was just enough for me to just like get really sunk in and i managed to finish that one um, but like I was so hungry for more, so I really hope that there's some sort of DLC or they add more stuff to it. Hmm. But um, yeah, that one was really fun. I liked Void Bastards. And another one you got into was the Outer Wilds. Oh my God, yeah, Outer Wilds. I wish I could say I finished that because I've been hearing a lot of people say that the the game uh, culminates beautifully in, into like because there's a huge lead up as to the, what's going on in this. Jeez, how do I even explain this one? It's a, it's a world where you're stuck. Uh, you're, you're jumping between different planets uh, with only 22 minutes before the sun, your sun in this solar system, uh, goes supernova and destroys everything and completely mm-hmm. kills everyone. And then you, you come alive again. So it's, it's turning like starting again and being a game over into a game mechanic and saying that your yeah, character like is you, stuck. It, you're stuck in a time loop, aren't you? Yes, yep, and it's really charming. Oh, man, this has just been one of the most beautiful story, sort of um, story-driven experiences I've had in a long time. Like, the gameplay is, is, is nice, it's easy, it's doable. The ship's extremely hard to fly, but you do get used to that. Mm. Uh, but everything else flows really nicely, the way your spaceship, or your space suit works when you're out on the planet and you have to use your rockets. And so this... This time loop of 22 minutes, it just works beautifully. Like you're going from planet to planet and it's not randomized. Everything happens the exact same way every single time. And you're finding, I guess, there's a few mysteries. There's some aliens that have come from a different solar system that you're trying to learn where did they come from. Uh, and you're trying to, you know, figure out why the sun's blowing up and what's going on. 
Uh, and apparently, I guess obviously, it, you essentially could turn the game on and finish it within 22 minutes because nothing changes every time you die. You just, the, uh, the thing you keep with you in this is knowledge. So every time you learn something and they give you a hint, you can go to another planet uh, and if you run out of time, you do it, you know, you come back to life in your loop and you quickly go to that planet because you've learned that bit of information and you go there and you read some script the aliens wrote on a wall many thousands of years ago and you go, oh, wow, okay, this means there's a sort of secret here if I do this and that on this planet and it affects the next one. And you're just running around trying to like complete little errands to solve all these different mysteries and, and it's a really deep, beautiful story. The music is awesome. There's like this right amount of like weird charm and humor like there's a bunch of other explorers out in space and they all have their own private instruments like a harmonica and a banjo and you can point like this super sound seeker in different directions to check up on your mates and see how they're doing and it's a hard one to explain but I really didn't enjoy it I did have down here the um the makers this one was developed by Mobius Digital mm -hmm. uh, and published by Anapuna Interactive uh, so it's on Xbox One. I don't think it's on PlayStation, uh, which is a bit weird. But um, yeah, if you get a chance, jump into that for a bit. It's um, it's a really wonderful game. Mm. What else? What if? What else have we been? That's a lot, though. We've been really smashing yeah, the indies yeah, lately. That's a lot of indies. But we should move into the shoutouts now. Yes, yes, we should. All right, we'll shout out Gaming Australia again this week. As always, we speak about these guys on each episode. Uh, they're a uh, Facebook group on Facebook. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Uh, over a thousand members, community, people discuss games, people post memes, you know, people find players for games and all that sort of stuff. So if you're looking for like a player too, for whatever reason, jump on there, ask around, you probably will get someone. Yeah, and I mean, you know, these things are, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you know as a gamer that they are a dime a dozen. But the reason we talk about this one is just it's a really cruisy bunch of um, people in there in that community. It, it's a, an Australian community. And so if you're listening to this and you're from Australia, it's just especially easy to understand the language. Everything they're talking about is talking about stuff in Australia, so prices and dates and summer and winter means summer and winter. And it's just a very easy, relaxed crew. And they're all like very welcoming. It's just a really cool place to hang out. So that's why we like repping these guys, not just because it's like just another group. It's just, um, and it's not like, oh, the latest news and the coolest this and that. It's just a really warm community. Mm. Um, and so, Mr. Yeah. Radio Man yourself? Yes, Mr. Radio Man. I thought it was about time I start shouting out... Um, my own little chats I have. Um, and this is so every second Saturday, I jump on with the, uh, the legend John Coghill. This guy's awesome. Uh, he, he does like a sort of variety show every Saturday morning on ABC Radio Sunshine Coast, which is 90.3 ABC FM. Um, and he does a variety show, but every two weeks he has me on there for, you know, anything from five to 15 minutes. It's just a short little segment, uh, but it's a small segment called Carl Smith's video games for parents and players. Uh, and it's a really special one to me because this is somewhere where I get to talk about uh, and recommend games, of course, but also just what's going on in the, um, in the industry and in communities, specifically to help bridge the gap of understanding between parents and the younger gamers. And it's mm -hmm. talking about how, like, recently or, you know, just forever, uh, a lot of households are like, nope, no games in my house. Nope, not having that for my kids. And I'm just trying to be like, well... It's kind of, it's, you know, if your kid wants to play games, it's kind of important in this day and age, especially 2019, like when they get older and there's, you know, jobs going around, everything requires technology and the understanding of it. And games is a beautiful, fun, interactive way to get to know that, of course. Um, and I know it is scary out there, but I'm just there to help and explain things and, you know, sort of talk about the difference between a game that, say, helps with creativity and exploration and or, or like teaches about anxiety or to deal with loss and the difference between that and a game that is like disguised as pretty colors and fun mucking around, but really is like tricking your kids into gambling or like unhealthy sort of relationships or like bullying. And so it is a scary world, but I'm just trying to navigate and help make that easier, um, you know, with 
sort of parents. So this isn't mostly for people listening to this podcast because you're probably like a, you know, a hardcore gamer. But if you have some younger kids in there and, uh, or you know, someone you want to talk to about it and you've been having this kind of issue or difficulty explaining it, maybe point in my way and uh, yeah, jump on there. It's about 9.30 that I, I have a chat every second Saturday morning. I'm doing one this Saturday, uh, which will be the 29th. Is that, mm-hmm. I hope I, yep. Uh, and then, you know, two weeks after that and so on and so forth. So, yeah, jump on, check it out and see how you go. Very nice. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's our shout outs this week, but let's roll into the review this week, which is my friend Pedro. Oh, yeah. Right, my friend Pedro is a shoot 'em up video game developed by Dead Toast Entertainment and published by Devolver Digital. Pretty much, it's a 2D side scroller where you get guns and you shoot up lots of enemies in stylish sorts of ways. Yeah, I'd, I'd call it a stylish 2D action shooter with a banana friend called Pedro. Of course, with a banana friend, you got to have one of those. So Pedro is this banana, and he sort of like saves you. And then he's like, hey, let's go kill a bunch of people. And you're like, okay, sure. So you fault this banana's traveling with <laughs> Sounds freaking <laughs> what, ridiculous. What an age banana's we traveling in. with you. And you're going through shooting up all these levels. And he's like, all right, that's amazing. And all this sort of stuff. And he sometimes takes you to his banana mind house. Yes. To teach you things. <laughs> yeah. I love Devolver Digital stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, very stylistic. It's got bullet time, so you can slow everything down. Um, yeah, it's, for, it's all like doing tricks. It's Yeah. You sort it of feels walk. like a Tony Hawk skate vibe more than a shooter because it <laughs> it's very um, intentional. You know, you're not just like pew, pew, pew. You're like, all right, how, what move do I do on this little section to best pull off the next kill? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you're wall jumping, you can jump on skateboards, you can throw fry pans up in the air and shoot and the bullets will ricochet off. All these sorts of little things adds to, to the game. Yes. Yep. It's, it, it is just, the action is wonderfully satisfying when you, when you just nail it. And, and the levels are, it's not like this huge sprawling game, it's like level based. And they're yeah. just short enough for you to just kind of like not one out and really just figure it out and go like, oh, I, I see what I could have done there. And, you you know, you get the usual, like, ABC ratings um, to try and just, like, really get a good score. And, yeah, the idea is you, you redo the runs to just, like, work it out and do some really cool stuff. I've been seeing some ridiculous things online. I went and had a – because, you know, oh, really? I played it for a bit. Yeah, I played it for a little and just, you know – as I was playing it, this thought, this feels like something people will just be insane at. I'm just going to have a quick look at some runs online and just went, nope, not doing that again. I've never felt so bad about my game skills. Wow. Uh, th- there's a variety of guns. So you've got pistols, there's Uzis, machine guns, shotguns, etc. So that sort of mixes it up a bit as well. Yep. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of platforming involved that further into the game you go and dodging lasers and bombs and things like that, which adds the variety later on in the game rather than just being constant, you know, 2D, just shooting people sort of thing. So that adds a lot to it later on in the game. Yeah, nice. And there's, I, um... there's boss battles in the game as well. Like there's one how you jump on a motorbike, which is kind of fun. Getting chased by this van, you've got to shoot up the van. Yeah, it's it keeps adding things, you know, like to keep you going. So it doesn't it just before it gets repetitive. Like once you start getting your head around the mechanic of one concept, they're like, "Here's another thing. Have fun." And it's not overbearing in any way, but like it feels like it is. If someone just sort of looked over your shoulder, it's one of those games where if you handed them a controller, and went, "You have a turn," you know. Whereas you can do that on nearly any level in Super Mario or Yoshi's Island or whatever. Yeah. But in a game like this, it's like, no, this is too complex and overbearing and ridiculous. But they drip feed it just enough so that you just kind of get and feel pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I like, I love that kind of stuff. And I love that it's like, it's funny and silly enough and it doesn't like drag the humor. It's like, it's just got that nice amount of self-awareness as a game. Yeah. And they don't try and shoehorn like a, a ridiculous story to try and make 
it wasn't a bunch of people that came up with this cool mechanic and went, oh, right, so how do we make it deep and interesting? They're like, nah, let's just go have fun. Yeah, it's, it's it knows a short, what it is. It's a short game. It's about four to five hours long, but you can repeat levels to try and get a better score if you want. Yeah. And um, like like I was saying about Bloodstained, it does feel floaty. Uh, but yes. I, yeah. But it's once you start stringing some real combos together, you almost appreciate the floatiness because it just it's a different reason. Like it's to give you yeah. this little moment to think. I, I enjoyed the floatiness up to towards the end where you had to do some tight platforming. For example, uh, wall jumping up these walls while avoiding the lasers. If you get hit, you die instantly. That <laughs> oh, got fun. very frustrating. Like little bits like yeah. that. Or you had to dodge lasers, jump over them, roll through these little bits and then jump over this other laser. Pretty much if you touch something, you're dead. Uh, again, the floaty controls was a bit icky. To get through yep. little bits like this. Yeah. These are only small parts of the game, but it was still frustrating no- nevertheless. Yeah. The, thankfully, the checkpointing is pretty good as well. Yeah. You don't have to do the whole level again, even though the levels are quite short, but they, they're they very generous with with that stuff. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I keep mentioning Mario, but the, the true game that I keep getting spoiled by and keep referencing is Super Meat Boy. Oh, I was waiting for your Super Meat Boy reference. There it is. It just like especially when it comes to like these precision and like very life threatening where like you're a weak piece of nothing yeah but the i don't know and i i often think about that but i don't think the actual like pin perfect speed timing of a game like that would have worked in this because there's uh, yeah a, a game that does have that sort of style is actually another indie katana zero which oh is yeah! Very super meat boyish. You, you've got a sword, but you have to get everything pinpoint through each level. You restart the level, but it's like the level's like one or two screens. It's very small. You cut up a bunch of people. If you die, you restart. Once you do it, it and you're one you hit replay. death too. Hey, sorry. And you're one hit death as well in it. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Okay. It will show you a replay of everything you've done, which is kind of cool. But anyway, we're talking yep. about my friend Pedro, not Katana Zero. But I thought I'd just quickly mention that. Of course, it is another indie you played. Um, mm-hmm. I got to play that one too. Cheap as there's a lot of good ones. So anyway, mm-hmm. yes, back to um, my friend Pedro. Um, what about him? Well, he's a banana. <laughs> what else do you need to know? <laughs> Well, I'd like to know what you scored, my friend Pedro. Well, I gave it I gave it a nice seven. So it, like I just yep. think it's it's quite good. You know, it's not an awful game. It's definitely worth your time. Another thing I really wanted to mention is I think it's a great portable game for short bursts. Yes. I, I think it's a really good handheld on the bus game. Not like a sit down, you know, get your popcorn out and get into this huge session. Like it's not one of those. And if you sit down for it like that you may be disappointed because it's just it, the substance is more just for a laugh and having genuine fun somewhere convenient, I think. And I, yeah, I gave it just a solid seven. Yep. Okay, I, I gave it a 7.8. It, again, you're completely right on the portability factor. That's why I sort of played it. I did a big session last night to get through the game, but I would prefer to do it in smaller bursts. But I just wanted yep. to get to the end and see it. Yeah, look, it, it's fun. If you've got a Switch, pick it up when it's on special or even when it's not you know it's one of those ones that you pick up play for 10 minutes go sweet jump on it 10 minutes next day it's very easy to get back into just when Uh, you have there forever kind of like the old school tony hawk pro skater where you you know you didn't play that all day every day but you played it for like three years because you just keep jumping in and just going like oh let's have a go and see if i can do something silly here yeah exactly but yeah 7.8 so that was our my friend pedro review Alright, so we're on to the section of the show this week. We haven't done this for a while. We've got questions. We have questions. We have questions, Carl. That's right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know, right. So if you want to write in and ask us a question, you can find us at facebook.com slash Game Train Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Game Train Talk. We're on Instagram at Game Train Podcast. Or there's the website, GameTrainPodcast.com. So the first question this week comes from Chad. Chad. And he asks, why doesn't Carl like fun? Does he truly? Yep. Okay, well, Chad, this is a... I'm very glad you asked that because... So, 
I used to like fun. I used to really, really like fun in general. Uh, and especially when I had, you know, I was just living in Solomon Islands. I had an older brother and we just used to have a lot of fun. When suddenly mom announced she was pregnant and having yet another brother. And I thought this just ruins everything. And um, from that moment on, just the world got a bit darker and duller and I just didn't enjoy myself. And I'm only joking, ladies and gentlemen, it's because Chad is my brother. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank, thank you for that, Chad. We've got another question here, though. This one is this one is from Melvick. Oh. And Melvick asks, "So why doesn't Carl exactly like fun?" Ah, uh, okay. I'm so glad Melvick asks this one. Now, there was this time right in the Solomon Islands. I was growing up with my older brother, <laughs> and this other brother came along, and I just hated the world. But slowly, as he grew, I thought, you know what? I judged him too quickly. And he was a warm, beautiful kid, and we actually learned how to have fun together. And I was so grateful to be uh, the exact even, because I have this OCD. I was so happy to be the even middle child. There was a young one, me, and then old one. Every, you know, first, middle, last. It was just so beautiful and pure. When suddenly my mom announced that she was pregnant again, and the days got darker. <laughs> And things were just less fun, and it just didn't work out. And then I didn't know, am I the middle? Am I the front middle, second middle? Uh, who am I? And, I, you know, like all these problems started coming in the world for me, and I just it wasn't fun. Just kidding. Melvick is also my brother and the youngest. Thanks for asking. And we've got another question here. Yes. Uh, this is from Dylan. Oh, Dylan. Good, good. Okay, yep. this is important. Yep, 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 yep. So his question is, fun why doesn't Kyle like it oh good I'm really glad he asked that because okay well growing up in the Solomon Islands (laughs) yes and fast forward 30 years and you know I learned to love again and have fun and then we had this big group of friends we all got together and I knew everyone it was Callan there it was like it was like an old crossover episode or an old tv series I said oh my little brothers are here Callan's here all my friends and they're like oh by the way also there's this friend of ours his name's Dylan with a with a b sometimes (laughs) yes Dylan with a b now I didn't enjoy fun because he joined it but I quickly learned how to have fun when he started playing with us in uh, Trials Rising, and mm-hmm. everyone got an A at this very important lesson. Except uh, for him. Except for Dylan. So we now call him Billin uh, with a B because he could only get a B. So um, thanks for asking. Your question yeah, gets but, a B. Uh, yeah, that's all the questions this week. Thank you all so much for writing in and asking. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm so glad we did this. So am I. So am I. We had to pad out the episode somehow. <laughs> we did. We did. This is indie games for you. This is the indie version of Passenger Queries. But uh, That's right. If you want the real version, you guys listening, if you were disappointed, it's your fault. <laughs> Send us a question and help us make this section better. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's wrap up the episode. But first, we've got to roll into those trains that you all that we know you all love. First up is the lame train. I'm just going to jump straight in here. Unfortunately, mine, I wasn't as clever as, as Callan. As soon as we started recording, he's like, and press record. Cool. By the way, my lame love and hype train are all to do with indie stuff. And I'm like, cool. I didn't think of that at all. I've just been putting it down as the week goes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So none of mine are. The lame train I just came up with straight away uh, on this recording because I had to change my other one, which was no one wants to play Mortal Kombat 11 with me to test out Shang Tsung. But my... Um, my current lame train is PS Plus games because recently they announced they used to do like four games and some for the PS4, some for the PS3, some for the Vita, uh, and sometimes dripping in games here and there for like, you know, PSVR. And they recently announced, you know what, we're going to scrap all that. We're going to just scrap it all and just give you two solid PS4 games every month, mm-hmm. you know, just so we can really concentrate. And I thought, oh, great. Okay, I don't have all those consoles anyway. They don't connect to my TV anymore. I'm only using my PS4, so this really works for me. Some people were complaining, but I was all for it. Cool, we just get two games. And we before the change, we were getting some bangers, you know, like Metal Gear Solid Five, the whole game for free. Um, just those kind of things. So I'm like, Blood, oh, awesome. Bloodborne. Bloodborne, exactly. Just like mm-hmm. 
on PS Plus, just available for free for members of PS Plus. So I thought, this could only be magnificent. They're getting rid of everything and just giving us two games. Wow. Um, and ever since that happened, we got Pro Evo Soccer 2019 and Horizon Chase Turbo. Yep. Like, I don't know. I just, and I know I'm, I don't want to sound like an entitled gamer, you know, which I guess I'm sounding like right now, but it's just, it's this hole they've put themselves into because they gave us such wonderful things and all the other companies are giving us free games every month, you know? Um, and just with only two every month, I thought it would really come together as something really solid and impressive to like beat out the competition but it's just been so lackluster and i've just been quite disappointed so that's Mm. my lame train okay mine is digital games coming later than their release set on page so i (laughs) i bought my friend pedro digitally and it was set to come out some date i sat here sat here sat here 1201 like i do with just about every other game went to jump in no, nah, you can't play this game yet. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll just give it an hour or so. 1 a.m. in the morning, you can't play this game yet. I'm like, all right, I'll, I've got other things to do. At 2 o'clock in the morning, try it again. You can't play this game yet. I'm like, all right, that'll do for me tonight. Went to bed. Got up the next day, about 10 a.m. in the morning. I went, oh, I'll try again. You can't play this game yet. I'm like, but why? It didn't come online until like 11 o'clock that night. I was just like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the Switch stuff is a bit weird like that hey like specifically Mm. on the there'll be like five or six games due on a specific day and the order they're on on the new release section is the order they come out but but you don't know when and how like one will drop at midnight and then one will come yeah just give me a give me a time say hey it'll be available at 11 p.m on this day and i think i'd be okay with that i have a feeling they don't know yeah I have a weird feeling that it's automated and they went like, oh, okay, today's only one game. It'll bang right on midnight. Oh, today's like six games and we're just going to press like launch and there must be this weird thing that just slowly launches one and then the next, you know, like automated, maybe like a weird version of rendering, but it's more like releasing. I don't know. I'm just like throwing things, but I know exactly. What was that one we were both waiting for recently? And, And we both kind of sat there and went, huh? Well, um, all right. I don't know. Bugger, I feel like it was really recent. It was you and I. It wasn't um, my friend Pedro, but it was maybe even been something a bit bigger. Can't put my finger on it. Oh, well. Um, it was a game we play multiplayer together, though. Was it? Yeah, because I think we're all raring to go. Was it? No, it wasn't Crash Team Racing, because that was like right on. Was it Mortal Kombat? Oh, like the new fighters? No, because... No, oh, I don't. I have no idea then. Anyway, uh, shall we roll into the, the love train? We should and we shall. Okay, love train. Well, this week I'm loving, and it's uh, because it's the first time I actually witnessed it and felt it. And I've been hearing about it and loving it ever since it was a thing, but is the crossplay um, between consoles specifically for minecraft like i mentioned earlier uh you know you and i and and my wonderful beautiful brothers melvick and chad and my wonderful friend billin and others um have all jumped into this big sort of group and we've all just been playing minecraft together on a server but what's been really wonderful is we're all playing on xbox one uh and sometimes one of us will sign off and have to go to bed or go to work the next day and melvick will pick up his Nintendo Switch and jump into our world, which we're all playing on on the Xbox One X, and he'll just appear in there and continue building and helping out, and he can't actually chat with us because he's at work, but we can all text chat to each other via the game as well. It works flawlessly. I can just sign off on you know in my room and go to bed and pick up the Switch and continue where I left off, you know, and just see my friends all there, like, hanging out. And it's been a thing for ages, but I've never actually jumped in and used it myself, and it's just such a joy. Like, it's such a wonderful time to be alive where, not for everything, but just for some things that the consoles are, like, allowing us to be able to play with our Nintendo friends and our Xbox friends and PlayStation friends together in this one awesome, you know, situation together. And that the point is we're not, like, battling it out. We're not like, oh, you suck because you're on PlayStation. We just want to be together and create these worlds and have fun. And it's just been such a joy. So that's my love train. Very cool. Mine yeah. is all the indies that have come out over the last month. 
Yeah, right? There's been a big drop of indies, and we thought this is the perfect time to do indie-centric with just the amount that's going on. Uh, it was great, yeah. So there was plenty just dropping, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, sweet, cool. You know, I finished off, what, like three of them now. Yeah, it's, uh, it was good fun. It's good fun. Yeah, nice. And it, it it is so nice. Like, nothing beats a good indie of just, like, new ideas, new concepts mm-hmm. and risks, and just they have their own place in the gaming industry and i love that they exist so that's that's a good call yeah all right let's uh let's finish it off with the hype train hype train i mean you must know mine um like i said it wasn't indie related so that's got to give it away you you must know come on hit me mario maker it's super mario maker 2 yeah uh it comes out Hopefully tonight at midnight. We don't know. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I don't know. It could be a couple of days. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, super easy. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. I didn't jump onto the first one. I didn't have it on Wii U or the 3DS, um, so I never actually got a chance to have a play with it. Uh, and it looked really fun. And just that, I think there's what a hundred levels made by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't want to make a single level, there's a brand new awesome 2D. Super Mario game coming out, you know, yeah. with if you ignore everything and which you shouldn't because everything is massive, but that's really exciting. It comes out in less than 12 hours at the time of this recording, hopefully. Wow. Cool, boom. And you, what's well, yours, good sir? Can you guess what mine is? Hype train, hype train. You said all yours had to do with indie stuff, right? Correct. Ah, let me, let me give me a second, give me a second. What could yours be? Hype train, hype train, hype train. Uh, oh man, no! I I got nothing. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for this indie. It's going to come out later this year. We saw it at PAX two years ago. Uh, it's made by a Melbourne-based studio, so Aussie made. It's called Necro Barista. Oh yeah! Yeah. I'm, wow, I'm, Necro Barista. Yeah, I think it comes out in August, so it's not too far away now. That was the other game I was thinking of making the indie-centric episode around, but we decided to go early on it because so much was out now. So, oh, yeah, Necro Barista. I'm, I'm looking forward to picking that one up. It's the one when it's set in the coffee shop, in sort of purgatory in a co- in a coffee shop. Uh, yeah, it looks cool. So I'm happy it's finally coming out this year and yeah australian made so get on it people yeah that was really cool was that one of the first sort of play interviews we ever did as yeah a i think so yeah man i'm so glad that's finally coming out man oh so many flashbacks of those cool games on that mm. day like that spear one yeah did that go i'm gonna play I, that i have no idea wow great one great hype train i can't mm. wait to jump on and try that one yeah all right guys thank you very much for listening once again uh, remember, you can always find us at facebook.com slash podcast. We're on iTunes, Podbean, etc., etc. Give us likes, reviews, all that sort of stuff. It all helps. Recommend us to your friends. You know, be cool. All the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, until next time, do you want to add anything else, Carl? Um, I do not. Thank you very much for listening. You guys are awesome. Please send us a question. Yeah, uh, or we'll and, have to keep asking why he doesn't like fun. All right, wow. and and this has been Game Train.